The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point, and we're going to be looking at this issue that has been facing um, the country in terms of the criminal justice system or having a big impact on the criminal justice system, and that's the DNA testing backlog that exists. Gareth Newham is the head of Justice and Violence Prevention Program at the Institute for Security Studies. Gareth, red flags have been raised about uh, this backlog for some time now and it doesn't seem to be getting better what's the latest well uh, the latest we heard was from two weeks ago when the minister of police Becky Tele, um said before parliament that there will be increasing funding for um, consumables that are used by the South African police service or in the laboratory to enable them to purchase uh, the various consumables that they need in order to process DNA and other um, exhibits but as you say, this has been a, um, this has really been an ongoing issue for some time now. And in mm-hmm. fact, we've seen the uh, big problems of the, with the capability uh, declining over the last two to three years. What's the real <clears throat> impact of this backlog? Because ultimately, you have quite a number of things that depend on on these DNA results, right? Yes, uh, it's uh, you know the, the the forensic capability in the police is used to help investigators identify suspects. Uh, who've committed quite very serious crimes, such as murder, rape, robberies. So when they come to a crime scene, what they're supposed to do is collect forensic evidence, if such evidence available, uh, and that uh, is then often used or can be used to identify mm-hmm. perpetrators through DNA results. Also, when they do make arrests for people uh, for very serious crimes, scheduled offences such as murder, and robbery, rape, they should take DNA samples from those people mm-hmm. and upload that onto DNA data banks they have in order to be able to link them to other crimes they might have committed. So um, it helps investigators identify perpetrators and solve crimes, and then it helps them uh, prosec- uh, give us evidence to the prosecutors who can then use it in court to secure convictions. So when you have these massive backlogs, those processes all slow down dramatically. And the longer it takes uh, for them to process that uh, DNA and those exhibits, the longer it takes for investigators to make arrests and for, for the victims of very serious crimes to mm. see justice. So mm. it's, it's a really big problem. So either way, you have a situation where there is a delay of justice. You know, justice delayed is sometimes also justice denied. Absolutely. And uh, it's, in many cases, obviously, victims would like their cases to be closed. But mm. if the case is open and dragging on forever, it does make people feel demoralized. Mm. And if people are innocent, and are facing allegations and DNA reports and other forensic evidence can clear them, then it also means that you know they, they can be under cloud for much longer than, than, than they should be otherwise. So mm. uh, in every sense, it is a big crisis because it's uh, a capability that should be improving rather than deteriorating. Um, if you want to see improvements in public safety in South Africa. Mm, mm. Let's talk about this 250 million rand that has been set aside. Do you think that that's going to be enough to help clear this backlog? Well, that's uh, really yet to be seen. Um, there's a procurement process, of course. There's been a big problem with police procurement for a number of years now. Mm. Already two years ago, the um, National Commissioner of Police told uh, Parliament that they were re-engineering uh, the system and they're going to put new, pro- new processes in place to make it more effective. Because what kind of happens is um, they run out of, say, buccal swabs that they used to take DNA samples from people. 
and then they have to wait until they get uh, the tender gets uh, awarded, and so months can go by where this very important um, consumable is not available to detectives and to investigators. And so we will. It's one thing to have money put aside for it. The next process is how they're going. How quickly can they get these tenders awarded? And then how quickly can they get that those items to the people who need it in the field? And will that be sufficient to, as you say, uh, reduce the backlog? Given that um, thousands of crimes are being committed every single day, every single day in South Africa, there's 58 murders, there's hundreds of robberies, almost mm. 400 robberies, mm. and hundreds of rapes. So every single day, that backlog is growing. Um, so we'll have to see if it really makes a difference. Are there alternative ways that government could be exploring to prevent the kind of backlog that we have seen right now? So I know that the, the system is quite centralized and, you know, there's one lab, I believe, that does all of the testing. Is that something that could potentially or, or should actually change? Well, that has to do with an assessment. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, if they have to build new buildings, Mm. around the country that could be much more uh, expensive yeah um so but then on the other hand if you're only one place that is doing this kind of uh, work and there's a problem in that place then Mm. everybody suffers so they would really have to sort of do a clear assessment about why is this happening how did we get to the situation as i say this is not a a new problem um already four years ago there was a huge scandal about the the fact that the police uh, use the private sector organization to track and trace all the exhibits, for example. Mm. Um, and they went through nine court cases and lost all of those, and they cost millions of rand. So you, you need to have a, uh, an assessment, and probably an independent assessment, of what is going on at the top levels of the South African Police Service, where procurement and decisions are made, and planning is taking place. That has enabled this deterioration to take place, mm. uh, because it's been quite quite notable. I mean, if you're thinking about DNA back, uh, uh, analysis, for example, about um, two years ago, they were able to um, do 129,000, almost 130,000 uh, uh, analysis of DNA samples. That dropped to 29,000 last sure. year. Sure. That's then a significant years, drop, hey? Yeah, it's a 78% decline in the ability of the police forensic laboratory to process DNA samples mm-hmm. in one year. So how does, you know, and, and how does that happen? Because if you look at the long-term trend over the last two to three years, you start seeing every year that there's been this decline um, in this capability. So it's not a new thing. And really, I think some kind of assessment needs to be taken in place of how could this be taking place over such a protracted period of time? Why hasn't mm. this been stopped two to three years ago? Really? Mm, mm. And and the fact that COVID is also being used as a reason for why things uh, got so bad, especially in the last year? Well, I mean, the figures that I'm talking about are of the 2019-20, so they weren't actually affected by COVID mm. because the financial year ends on the 31st of March. So it would have only been a few days of COVID that, that would have had an impact. So this deterioration took place before COVID. Mm. We will mm. only know the impact of COVID when they release the next annual report, which will be for 2021, uh, which, ends on the, which ended on the 31st of March. We haven't seen that data yet. Um, but it's, it's, COVID obviously would have played a, a role in the most immediate year, but certainly can't be blamed for the big declines I've just been talking to you about. Mm. It, it sounds like we need clear and, I suppose, for lack of uh, an alternative phrase, more decisive leadership in trying to resolve some of these issues from the uh, side of the SAPS, especially at, at, at the first sign of the problem.
you know, so that it doesn't de-escalate into what it is today? Yes, and I, you know, this this issue of the forensic labs is only one of many problems that the police have uh, been facing, and mm. we've seen uh, ongoing problems in, in deterioration, the ability to solve crimes, for example, um, you know, murders, ability to solve murders has declined, ability to solve robberies has been declining year on year since 2012. And I think the the, the fact that uh, the National Development Plan back in 2012 identified a serial crisis of top management in the police as a key challenge to improving professionalism of policing and then made specific recommendations about how to address that. And none of those recommendations have been implemented. And a key implementation uh, recommendation was the establishment of an independent, multi-sectoral national police board that would do a detailed assessment of all the top managers. Mm. There are 199 generals, the 660-odd brigadiers. Many of them are really excellent police officers with years of experience, great expertise, men and women who are working hard with integrity. Um, but at the same time, there have been too many people who have been appointed regularly to positions of generals. Um, the people who have been appointed for reasons that have nothing to do with their policing knowledge or experience, but for political reasons. Mm. And um, there's now a need to assess all those generals. So first of all, to determine, do we need so many generals, given the budget uh, constraints facing the police? And are all those generals fulfilling the function of their posts? If they are, they, they should be assessed, found to be so, and then obviously their authority will be enhanced, and we'll know which generals are doing good work. But if they're not, then it's important that they're removed so that other people can occupy those posts. Mm. And until that happens, we're not really going to see ma- major improvements in policing because the problem of leadership it affects the whole organization. So, so yeah. So, Gareth, if I'm hearing you correctly, then the, the issues that exist, uh, especially at a leadership level, but not just at, at a senior leadership level, but just, you know, the rank and file and managers within the system is that there is an overcapacity or perhaps a capacity issue. Uh, but also a skills issue. Yeah, well, uh, that certainly will need to be looked into. Until they implement that recommendation of the National Development Plan to fix the leadership, we won't know exactly what the problems are. Mm. We do know that there is a leadership problem and that affects the whole organization. It is the, uh, the responsibility of the generals to put in place proper policies, regulations, systems, processes, to make sure that the men and women who are working at grassroots level, police officers at the police stations, or working in the forensic laboratories, are properly trained, are properly supported, given all the resources they need. And if they're not doing their jobs, obviously held accountable and removed. And if all those processes seemingly are not working well, mm. then you need to start saying why and what can we do to fix them? Because currently they're not seemingly being fixed. And there's been ongoing deterioration in a range of important functions of the police. Mm. Gar- um, and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not going to change. Just before I let you go, what is the danger of having this DNA testing backlog remaining almost at the scale that, that it is? So the slow progress uh, where it's concerned, especially given the fact that it is being carried over now, over a period of years. So you could well find some cases there that have been sitting and, and waiting for resolution that are over two to three years old. Yes, and the longer a case drags on for, the more difficult it is to solve um, and the more difficult it is to get a successful prosecution. Mm. So the, the, the worst outcome is that there are criminals out there who should be in prison because they are dangerous. They're committing maybe multiple murders, multiple rapes, robberies. Um, and the capability of the police and the criminal justice system to remove them, put them in prison so that the public is safe, uh, is severely compromised. And that means that more crimes 
are being committed than otherwise would be had that capability been operating at its optimal function level. Gareth Newham is the head of the Justice and Violence Prevention Program at the Institute for Security Studies. Thank you so much uh, for your time this morning, Gareth. All right, a couple of WhatsApp voice notes that uh, you've been sending in. We'll, We'll play a couple of those. We're also edging towards the 11 o'clock news.